Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tonight, we're connecting the dots to a double homicide in Shippensburg that happened in February. Authorities located the body of a missing woman tied to their investigation. A home set on fire, a double homicide, a $50,000 bounty, and a love triangle. Autopsies later revealed the two had been shot to death before the house was set on fire. And the unanswered question, what happened to Jasmine Forbes? All we need to know is the truth. A missing piece of the puzzle discovered months after she went missing. Jasmine Forbes, who went missing in February, has been found dead in Florida. An investigation in full force. We found blood in that van. And suspects behind bars. U.S. Marshals arrested Larry Burns in North Carolina in March. But not necessarily for the death of Jasmine Forbes. It's a story that is nowhere near finished. I hope that they find out what happened. This is Unsolved in PA. Hi, I'm Jessica Babb. I'm an investigative reporter for CBS 21 News. For a quick recap, we're talking about the case of Jasmine Forbes. It's a complicated and twisted story involving a home, 132 Neal Road near Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, that was set on fire. Two people were found dead at the scene. Jasmine Forbes was missing, nowhere to be found. Some of the circumstances are a bit shady, involving drugs, a $50,000 bounty, and people hoping for a fresh start, one that never came. In this episode, part two of what happened to Jasmine Forbes, we're hitting the road, traveling from Pennsylvania to the Sunshine State, tracking the last time she was seen alive. On August 3rd, 2022, at CBS 21, we received an email to our inbox. The email was from Pennsylvania State Police. In a press release, PSP saying since February 23rd, 2022, when police issued a notice for Jasmine Forbes saying she was missing, they've been investigating. They say search efforts revealed she may have traveled to Florida, all the way to the Sunshine State from Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. That's when PSP says they started working with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office. The Florida authorities are the ones handling anything related to anything that may or may not have possibly happened uh, in the state of Florida. In Florida, the Pasco County Sheriff's Office investigation led them to property where they believe Jasmine Forbes may have been harmed. After an extensive search, they found her human remains. Tonight, officials confirming that her body was found on June 14th and say they believe it's a homicide. But why are they just revealing this now? Jasmine Forbes was found in June, but we didn't get any information from police until August. I just want to know the truth. What happened to her wasn't okay and that they're not going to get away with it. Katie Johnson was her roommate and a good friend of hers. 
I can't imagine what she went through. But who killed Jasmine Forbes? How did she end up in Florida? And what happened after that fateful morning where the two-story white wood home at 132 Neal Road went up in flames? Let's walk through the timeline of what we do know, leading up to her last moments. As you can see in the affidavit in this particular case, you'll see that the police uh, used any, any tools that they had, whether it be um, the forensic evidence being DNA, um, blood evidence, fiber evidence. We, we looked at all of those different things. When we left off in our last episode, we told you that when police canvassed the neighborhood after the fire on Neal Road, neighbors told them they spotted a light-colored van in front of the home. And like you heard from those close to the situation, the name Larry Burns, or Cuckoo Bird, kept popping up. We ultimately were able to um, find and search a van that matched a description of what residents and some security footage uh, from the scene of the fire slash homicide. Um, and when we did a search of that van, we found blood in that van. So things began to seem to fall into place that uh, perhaps Larry Burns was involved in this particular case. In the criminal complaint, police say Larry Burns is known to operate a white, older body style minivan, like the car that was spotted next to the home on Neal Road. Police say blood was discovered next to the driver's side door handle on the outside of the vehicle. Then, additional blood stains were found inside the vehicle in several spots. A red plastic gas can was found in the rear passenger seat area. After testing, the criminal complaint said blood inside the vehicle on the passenger seat and headrest matched one of the victims, Eddie Shaw. When police searched Larry Burns' home in Chambersburg, they found several surveillance cameras in different areas outside the residence. They also found a white rag and paper towel with blood on them. Police also found ammunition, gun accessories, as well as some marijuana, white pills, and other drug paraphernalia. We were uh, looking at any, any, any type of evidence that people can imagine we were trying to track that evidence down. Um, you know, one of the tools that we have are, are people, a lot of people have ring doorbells or, or some type of system like that. Um, so we were looking for ring doorbells uh, footage and we were able to find some of that also that helped us uh, break this case open. Interestingly enough, the next day after the fire, just an hour after police searched his Dodge Caravan, Larry Burns had called 911, reporting the Dodge Caravan that was seized as stolen. He didn't provide a lot of information, but said it was registered in Florida and had been parked in an alley. After that, he hung up. I just knew that he was dangerous and he had a lot of guns and he just wasn't somebody that people liked to mess with because he was crazy. Remember the $50,000 bounty we mentioned in episode one? Katie Johnson said there was a hit out for Frankie Thomas, one of their roommates, and one of the men who was killed. Well, she's not the only one who said that. In an interview, a witness named Katrina Downen told police she received messages on Facebook from Larry Burns a few weeks before all of this, threatening Frankie Thomas. The criminal complaint, saying the messages specifically mention $50,000, and makes threats that if Jasmine Forbes is not returned to him, quote, a whole lot of will not live 
as well as another message saying, quote, they don't want to see family members getting their brain blown out where they are, end quote. And again, just like in episode one, I'm censoring some of the sensitive language in his messages. And if you didn't think this story could take any more turns, think again. According to the criminal complaint on March 10th, 2022, another witness named Teray Wilkerson was interviewed by police who told them about communication she had with Larry Burns the night before the fire on February 22nd. According to her, Burns told her he was looking for people, some of the people living at 132 Neal Road. She says Larry Burns offered her narcotics in exchange for information. There was also a man wearing a ski mask there. Wilkerson said Larry Burns was obsessed with Jasmine Forbes, calling her his girl and bringing her up in nearly every conversation. What I can say is that Jasmine Forbes is someone that was uh, residing in the residence where the fire occurred, um, is someone that uh, we believe uh, may have had some type of relationship with both the parties in the home and uh, one of the accused. Um, but at this point in time, anything beyond that, we really can't speculate. But you know how we've been talking about that possible love triangle? Yeah, this is where that comes in. According to the criminal complaint, Wilkerson claimed Manny, the person who owned the house at 132 Neal Road, and Jasmine Forbes were now in a relationship. And since Manny was spoiling Jasmine Forbes, she didn't want to go back to Larry Burns. Wilkerson also describes an altercation where Frankie Thomas supposedly beat up Larry Burns. And get this. Based on TextNow data from Jasmine Forbes, messages between Jasmine and Larry Burns show he was romantically interested in her and repeatedly asks her to come see him and accused her of having sex with other men. But that's not all. The criminal complaint shows Frankie Thomas and Jasmine Forbes were involved sexually, sometimes in exchange for narcotics. Some of Frankie Thomas's messages saying he needed to protect himself from Cuckoo Bird, aka Larry Burns. So how did it all go down the morning of February 23rd? Well, it's caught on camera. The criminal complaint says ring camera footage shows Burns and Wilkerson on the back porch of his home around 2 a.m., just hours before the fire on Neal Road was set. Police say in the video, you can see the Dodge Caravan parked behind his home. They also say another man in a ski mask was also spotted on camera. In the video, police say that man had a pistol. Now, if you remember the gun that was found at the scene at 132 Neal Road, police say it was a pistol. Then a short time later, police say that man was seen leaving the house carrying a gas can and walking to the Dodge Caravan. Police say around that time, Larry Burns also left and got in the car. At some point after leaving the home, the criminal complaint says traffic cameras and other surveillance video shows Tariq Wilkerson getting out of the van before it drives away. Then the van is spotted on other surveillance video in the area near 132 Neal Road sometime between 4 and 5 a.m. That's around the same time neighbors saw the van and around the time the fire was started. As part of the testimony that came out during the course of the preliminary hearing uh, was that through the ring doorbell camera, we were able to see 
um, one of the males retrieving sometime before 5 a.m. in Chambersburg uh, a gas can. Um, so, you know, a lot of this case is, is piecing together pieces of evidence um, to get the whole picture. In the criminal complaint, police say they spotted Larry Burns on that video. But who was the person in the ski mask? Well, the criminal complaint says cell phone records show Larry Burns was actually in Michigan the day before the homicide. From there, police were able to track down one of Larry Burns' family members, identifying Cordero Burns as the man in the mask. The Burns are actually related. Um, Larry Burns is the uncle of Cordero Burns. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This almost quickly turned into a multi-state investigation. So after the fire, after the homicides, and after the chaos on Neal Road, police say Burns fled Pennsylvania, traveling through multiple states over the next few days. In this particular case, Jasmine Forbes was one of the people we believed had been staying in the residence um, where the fire occurred. Um, and she was missing after, um, after the fire, after we found the two bodies uh, at that home. So um, it, it, this was a situation that uh, the state police actually put out a missing person alert um, at the time of this incident uh, looking, for, looking for her. Um, during the course of the investigation, um, as it's outlined in the affidavit, uh, some point um, in West Virginia, um, we believe that Larry Burns stopped and uh, we were able to obtain some uh, footage from a gas station that seems to indicate that uh, Jasmine Forbes was there as well as Larry Burns. I don't know what she went through mentally, emotionally, her thoughts. I couldn't imagine being alive after that and, and how she felt. And that's the last time we ever see Jasmine Forbes, until her body turned up in Florida and was found later in the year by the Pasco County Sheriff's Office. Jasmine Forbes was found nearly a thousand miles away, context from Shippensburg to Pasco County, Florida. By car, that's more than a 14-hour drive. Like we mentioned, she was discovered June 14th, and from February until June, we don't know who hurt her, what happened, how she got there, how she died, or even why it took so long to find out from police that she was dead. The Pasco County Sheriff's Office wouldn't do an interview or give us much information. They say they're still investigating. U.S. Marshals arrested Larry Burns in North Carolina in March. Cordero was picked up in Michigan the same day. Forbes remaining missing until now. At this point, police have not charged Larry or Cordero Burns to Forbes' disappearance. Yeah, you heard that right. 
Right now in Pennsylvania, Larry and Cordero Burns are facing many charges relating to murder, arson, tampering with evidence, and many others. But they're not facing charges for the murder of Jasmine Forbes. The charges they're facing are for the double homicide that happened at 132 Neal Road the day the fire was set in February. Well, both suspects are in jail um, without any bail. Um, they are facing first-degree murder charges, so they're not entitled to any bail. Um, they have both been arraigned up here, up in, up in criminal court. Um, they have both been given notice of uh, capital punishment, the death penalty, that our intention to seek the death penalty. Um, and uh, they await trial. The, the arson, what we're alleging with that is that after the homicide, um, that the uh, parties that committed the crime returned to Chambersburg, um, obtained a gas can, um, and returned to the scene sometime around five o'clock um, in the morning and um, then lit the scene on fire. Um, during the course of the preliminary hearing, uh, the fire marshal testified that um, the fire was started uh, by an accelerant, um, and he was able to determine that from the, the scene and uh, certain things that were there. When it comes to their court cases, John McCormack, the Cumberland County District Attorney, says right now they're in the pretrial motion stage. Since their office has filed notice for the death penalty, there will be an extended number of pretrial motions to litigate before the case is actually ready for trial. Right now, they anticipate the cases will be tried jointly in the spring of 2024. I'm sad for all of them that their life was taken away from them when it, it didn't even need to happen. Like, they had so much potential to do things and they wanted to and they finally seen the light at the end of the tunnel. When it comes to the death of Jasmine Forbes, so far, no arrests have been made. All we know from the Pasco County Sheriff's Office is that the case is still active and they're investigating. With so many unanswered questions, it's leaving her friends like Katie Johnson just wondering what happened. It just sucks. It's terrible. I hope that they find out what happened, Jasmine. And... I just hope that they really get what they deserve. Um, I don't know if there's anything that could make it be that completely satisfied because they're not here. Nothing, no life, no death, no nothing is going to make a difference for them. But while Katie Johnson waits for an answer, she says she's trying to push forward with hope. I'm still here. Like, I don't have a choice. But I do it because they can't. And I still want to be on this mission of bettering our lives and making our lives what we want it to be. That's all we wanted to do. And so I'm doing it. I'm, I go to school. I work. They are what keeps me going because they can't do it. Because they're not... They're not able to. And I know for a fact that they, they would want me to. This is a wild case with a lot of twists and turns in the story. 
You might feel like after all of that, this ending is unsettling. There are so many unanswered questions, and there isn't a simple resolution to the story, at least not yet. But to help answer some of the questions you might have, in our next episode, I'm sitting down with CBS 21 morning anchor Candace Scalise. She originally covered the story last year. We're talking through some of the circumstances to hopefully give you some more context to this case. In the meantime, if you have any information about what happened in this case in Pennsylvania or Florida, you need to reach out to officials. Any information can help. You can contact the Cumberland County District Attorney at 717-240-6210 or the Pasco County Sheriff's Office at 727-847-5878. Again, I'm Jessica Babb with CBS 21 News. In addition to hosting this podcast, I also wrote, edited, and produced it. If you like what you heard, share this to your friends and family, and let's get the word out as much as we can. Someone out there knows something. And if you do have any questions in this case, let me know. You can email me at jessicababb at sbgtv.com, or you can find me on social media. That's it for this week. I'll see you next time.